the Fashion Grunge Podcast. I'm your host, Lauren, and I've got Jules with me today. Hello. What's up? We're so excited. Today we're going to do a music podcast, so I'm really excited. Music, music, music. Yeah. We don't do any. <laughs> I this feel like one we do is... documentaries, but... Yeah, this one's going to be my favorite. Um, yeah, I totally one I've been looking forward to for a while, so I a think A long time. <laughs> a long, long time. So we're going to talk about some of our favorite women in rock in the 90s. Lauren, what do you think um, makes a, a very important icon in the 90s music scene for a woman? What do you think was mm-hmm. the, like, like, what made an it girl in the music scene in the 90s? I think for the 90s whole era, it was definitely authenticity. Yeah. Like, that was the number one thing you had to have because everything before that was like manufactured pop. So, and that wasn't really real. It was like they were just playing a role. So, I think when you were, and also you needed a lot of talent. I mean, these, these women were incredibly talented. I mean, they still are, but I feel like, especially some of the ones that, that I'll get into, like Alanis is one of my favorites. Like sh- that whole album and Fiona Apple, like they wrote those albums from experience. Like no one had really heard anything like that in the mainstream. So I think that authenticity was like the best. I mean, I, I think fashion, I, I think definitely played a part in it, but that's more of a superficial yeah. uh, thing. But I definitely think authenticity. What about you? What do you think? Um, yeah, I think authenticity is like a really good word for it. And I also feel like, um, and this like goes into someone that will be talking about Bjork is like self-sufficiency. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like for women, yeah, it was all about like, I did this you know, myself, I can rock, I can, you know, play with the guys. Mm-hmm. And it was very much like a, um, a equal playing field when you're able to be self-sufficient. Totally. Um, and so, yeah, so I'm excited. So yeah, how should we start? Well, wait, Go let's first. first, let's first, let me find out what, I know we were both talking about the fact that the band Hum um released an album after 22 years of not releasing anything i think being like on somewhat of a hiatus so that was super exciting it was like two days ago i was like holy shit i didn't even know hum came out with anything they're like everyone's pulling a beyonce now they're just like dropping albums they're just like here (laughs) this is not a drill (laughs) yeah no one's promoting anything now it's just it's kind of cool they're just like here you're in quarantine like there's a bunch of music uh, yeah, as a musician, I honestly love the idea of people just putting out music when they feel like it. You know, we don't live in the, you know, the indie boom of 2004, 2007 anymore with, you know, Pitchfork making or breaking artists. Like, mm-hmm. I think Pitchfork would wish that they still have that power, but unfortunately, like, they don't. They're owned um, by Condé Nast. Yeah. Suck a fuck. Yeah. And, and I feel like the whole, you know, because I've played the game, this idea that, you know, there there are some, I don't want to discredit any, um, you know, uh, publicists because that's a really hard job and I have a lot oh, of yeah. for them. But it, just the whole, you know, name of the game is, is just so... Um, you can get lost in it and I don't think it's good for the creativity. So, you know, for the artists, I, I feel like, um, these artists that are just putting it out. And like for fans like us, when you told I me, I was like, hum, put out something. Like, this is so exciting. <laughs> I know. I was like, wait, why? When? How? Yeah. Oh, this it's great. If you like any 
of that type of shoegaze, grungy, whatever, you're going to fucking love it because it sounds like they didn't go anywhere. <laughs> so it's it's pretty cool. It's it sounds like, record. yeah, something that was probably recorded 20 years ago. And it has to be, down. right? It was so good. Every song was just like, it's like why I loved Hum in the first place. Yeah, um, it's like so nothing good. changed. And it was a very good little new nostalgia Definitely. I think there's something to be said for, you know how like sometimes when bands come out with like one album and then that did really well and they come out with another one and it's like either the critics want you to be completely different to show that you've changed or they literally want to hear the same thing. Yeah. And if they don't hear the same thing, they're going to be like, oh, they changed, they suck or or maybe by some chance they'll like it. I mean, it's really weird when like they change their sound and everybody still is like on them. Like they're still about it, but I kind of like when bands are consistent. I don't need too much like crazy evolution if that's not your thing. Like if you actually want to evolve, cool, but I'm not going to be pissed that like you gave me another album that sounds like the other three, like, Mm -hmm. you know, like I think it's all, it's all good. Like all the hums are, are great. Yeah, they're all different, but in the same genre. I I like it. So good. Yeah, I wanted to tell you my story about Hum the other day. Um, I so I I loved Hum in high school, and uh, I was like, you know, on YouTube, and um, I find this video, and it was uh, the Hum music video for Stars, and it's appearing on. Beavis and Butthead. And I am, you know, like so excited. And um, I put it on and, you know, the intro is kind of long and they're just dissing the intro, you know, just doing their Beavis and Butthead, you know, thing, their shtick. Mm-hmm. And when the guitar comes in, in that song, the just like the heavy grunge guitar, mm-hmm. uh, Beavis and Butthead end it. Yeah. <laughs> they don't go through the whole music video and I was just like crushed because <laughs> I was so excited and I felt so bad for them and then like just never heard their name mentioned like ever again <laughs> until <happened>? yesterday <laughs> yeah I mean I don't know I mean I guess like that's for a whole other podcast we're supposed to be talking about like the women but I guess we're talking about this like all-male band but I just mean just it's for the intro I guess yeah just, just for the intro but I really wonder what happened with them like did they voluntarily just be like hey we're out or did they just not get that label like push or maybe they were too like experimental and not like catchy enough? Yeah. Like the mid nineties, like who knows? Cause the mid nineties was like all about like, it was very catchy, like ska, like no doubt was coming in. Yeah. Yeah. Like that 95, like it, it was very like, if you weren't like from orange County in California, it was like, you weren't in mainstream like radio. Yeah, Seattle wasn't hip anymore. No, I think they're from like Illinois or somewhere weird like that. Oh, wow. Yeah, I think they're from the Midwest. And they're like, like American football. Like, I think they're like, I think they're from like near there. Like wherever, like, I think American football is from like Michigan or somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Let's let's get into our list. Yeah. Okay. So let's just do like, we're just going to do one and one. So like you do one, I do one. Okay, cool. So we'll start. You can start. Okay, this so one. Well, they're not ranked, but like, who's your first one? So here is my handy dandy list. Um, I am gonna start strong and bold um, with Kim Gordon on my oh, list. Oh yes, okay. Um, yeah, Kim Gordon, bassist of Sonic Youth. Uh, I have always really admired her. I I always looked up to her. You know, just in starting in high school, being like, oh, this girl, she's in a band with like men and she's like 
way better than any of them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and um, like, I, I just absolutely loved her. I loved what she stood for and stands for. And um, I, yeah, I think she also put out this really sick record earlier. Was it this year that it came out? I think so. I think so, right? This, I haven't entire, heard that. this entire year has just been so like, my memory is just, I'm losing memory this year. But um, one thing I did remember was this record. Yeah. <laughs> um, cool. Kim Gordon put out a record and it's everything that I like hoped and dreamed Kim Gordon would make in 2020. Um, there's so much like cult, like music collage and um, electronic elements, but I still get, you know, really fuzzy bass lines that are just like just super super thick and lush and like I yeah I just have so much respect for her she's she's a real a real deal she's a real one she's and she also like did a lot of stuff with Bernie too that was like yeah. really exciting to see yeah she did I feel like a lot of a lot of the rock like didn't strokes do something for Bernie didn't the stroke yeah. like play like a Bernie rally? Mm -hmm. like a lot of the indie rock scene, I think, has gotten behind Bernie. Yeah, I know like Lucy Dacus, um, you know, did did some performance for Bernie and it's pretty cool. Yeah, that's super cool. But yeah, Kim, Kim's the real deal. And uh, I don't know if um, you've ever checked out her book, but she has a book called Girl in a Band. Yes, I am not done with that book. Uh, I think I was in the beginning stages. I think you and Jai both were like, it's so great. It's so great. How come you haven't finished it? And I was like, well, I kind of like, I get to a point in a book sometimes where, especially like bios. Yeah. Like yeah. it's not a story. If it's not like some kind of like mystery or something where I'm like, oh my God, I got to find out what happens. When it's like a story sometimes, not that I lose interest, but it's like, okay, I know what this is about. You know, this yeah, is going to get I, into this now. I you totally know. I agree with you. I that happened to me with the Carrie Brownstein Hunger Makes Me a Modern Girl book. I I really loved it and there were some great stories, but there was like I couldn't finish it. I yeah. finished the last like few bits cuz it was um yeah, like I hope one day I'll finish it, but yeah, sometimes you just get there in a book. Yeah, I need but, to do that with the Kim Gordon one cuz I think yeah. she how was I think in the story that I left off she was about to go on the tour with Nirvana yeah, in 91, which we did an episode, like the second episode we did on the podcast was about the Sonic Youth like tour film of, of that European 91 uh, tour. But, uh, but yeah, it's like, it's so, it's just so weird. Like she's about to like, I think essentially in the story, they're about to like meet Courtney. I think like she, like, I think they're going to introduce, like, Kurt to Courtney or, like, they're there when they first meet. And I was like, oh, God, I can't get into this right now. Like, this it's is going to be, like, a shit show. <laughs> yeah, I can see this is going to be a shit show. And same with um, the Nirvana manager book that, I've, that I'm reading still. But that one, I think, is – that one's really intense, though. Like, that one I have to, like, let you borrow when I'm done reading it. Yeah, that sounds It's, like, super intense. Like, they – I'm on the chapter now of, like, I think it's the 92 VMAs. And it's cool to hear from the manager's perspective because you literally get to hear everything. Like, he's talking about very specific moments of, like, we were backstage. You know, Kurt was doing blah, blah, blah. Like, Dave was doing this. They were interviewing here. And, like, Corny was doing this. Like, it's, like, super, like, wow, I feel like I'm in the room right now. Wow. Like, all these things that you never saw on TV and all these interviews that they did and what they said. Like, he's like, I remember this. And he remembers, like, when they did that Vanity Fair article. 
and that had just come out about how they were like terrible parents and that was like it was like a whole thing i was like whoa this is so in depth this is cool though but yeah and kim gordon's in the book too obviously i think they were all pretty tight yeah yeah and that's like that's something that i also just like it's kind of surreal for me to like think of that because sonic youth was like way before nirvana didn't they find nirvana yeah, kind of. They were, like, late 80s. Like, Sonic Youth is, what, like, 85, 86? Yeah. Like they were, like, mid-80s. Like, mm-hmm. they've been around for a minute. And, yeah, and it was, yeah, it's, uh, she's lived an incredible life. She's living an incredible life. But yeah. But we've been through, like, so much. And I also just, uh, like, I, I know this is just gossip time of, about Kim Gordon now, but, you know, I think Thurston... Uh, just the, the drama, you know, I, I think that's what also makes a great band is, is the drama. Like think about, you know, Nirvana with Kurt and Courtney, um, the Beatles all over again, Fleetwood Mac, you know, like it's, it's just very like, I feel like a, a good band always has some good drama. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Like can, if you, I, I, there's still something on my DVR that's like Fleetwood Mac breaking the band that I have to watch. But, like, when you think about the fact that, like, I think Rumors, like, that album was when the band was, like, fucked. Like, yeah. everything was every direction. Like, they, no one liked each other. It was, like, a whole, I don't really know the whole detail, but I think it was, like, very much, like, not a cohesive time. And that album is, like, stellar. Like, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. like, it just shows that even though people are having this horrible personal whatever going on, but, like, somehow that music is just like it's there if we didn't have that we wouldn't have rumors you know so yeah yeah it's and, crazy to think about and I think it's like really interesting also to think about uh yeah just dynamics of bands um mm-hmm. and yeah how it's every band is its own relationship and uh, yeah, sometimes recording processes are not fun sometimes recording processes are like that's a true test of a band. Um, I can't imagine. And it's like, yeah, it's, it's intense. I mean, luckily, like I've, I've always, you know, had a, you know, pretty, you know, good time. Like there's always ups and downs for everyone, um, challenges, but like just the drama, I think only fueled how good the music is. Yeah, that's <laughs> I feel like maybe if there weren't, you know, challenges it wouldn't have been as good because they wouldn't have had to work as hard for it that's true I guess that's so weird I guess when you think of bands that are all like you know bands that have been around forever like you two like when have you ever heard any kind of drama going on with you two I mean they've been playing for like 40 years right at least and they're just like you know they release albums I've seen you two live it was a great show I mean I'm not gonna say like they're horrible they do get a lot of flack though for being kind of one of those like oh uh, yeah like you like you too like yeah, yeah I, okay i mean they're, I they're good like, i've seen you two live it was it was a pretty good show yeah I, it was a good show yeah when i was younger i i had like no problem liking you two yeah it was just like there was just like a social shift where it's like if you like you two you're lame and yeah. so i was like okay i don't like you too yeah <laughs> Honor, like wah wah. I was like, yeah, yeah but he did a lot of good. I mean, he's been working with Goodwill. Like, I mean, I think he's supposed to be a pretty decent person. I think so. I don't know. It's not like they did anything wrong. It's not yeah, like they were rich and like. Yeah, I think people just like to 
Yeah, Yeah. oh, so Kim Gordon, the only thing I have to say about Kim Gordon is that when I went to work uh, at Urban Outfitters in LA, I, like, I I started there, and I was just like, oh, this is so crazy, and, like, fucking Sonic Ease was about to play the the store. Why? And I was like, what do you mean? They're like, yeah, we have this concert coming up next week, blah, 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 and I was like, okay cool concert yeah it's probably like some small indie band like whatever it's urban like yeah sonic youth's coming so like we need to do i was like whoa whoa, whoa. sonic youth is coming to the store they're like yeah they're gonna perform outside i was like wait sonic youth like as in the sonic youth they're like yes this is la lauren this is not a big deal and i was like oh my god i fucking love this town (laughs) like holy shit that like no one is no one is at all phased by the fact that Sonic Youth is coming. And I was like, holy shit, Sonic Youth here. So that was pretty dope. Like, I that's incredible. Like, that's, yeah. yeah, that's why, that's like one of the reasons why I keep thinking about LA is like, I just want to be in situations like that. Yeah, <laughs> just like, oh yeah, this is blah, blah, blah. And you're just like, hi. I, mean, I didn't meet like a ton of celebrities. I don't have that kind of job or like I'm not yeah, in that kind of like, yeah but it's like you can go see like there's just way more of a creative field yeah and you know just as a you know music fan just like getting to listen that's pretty cool I think as a music fan my pinnacle was interviewing it was a a small uh Australian band but it was cool it was like I was got commissioned by Capitol to like do this like press shoot for this Australian band Mm -hmm. and then they were and there I was like oh can I interview them too they're like yeah sure like come to the office so I got to go to fucking Capitol Records like that Space Needle building wow and I was like oh my god I like walk in and there's just like Foo Fighters plaques like platinum and I was just like oh my god I wonder who's gonna be walking around I didn't see anybody like famous walking around but I was like holy shit this is so cool this is like going to the Grammys or something like (laughs) something I don't think I'll be able to do but uh Grammys like suck now anyway but I was like wow this is so cool but yeah, that was like, I, I definitely was not a hobnobber with like famous folk, but <laughs> not a few, but not that many. But it's definitely cool to know that like you can see pretty much any band because they always come there. Like that's, that's a big plus of living in like LA anyway, because they always come. Yeah. Like yeah. any band's going to come. So. Yeah. That's a spot that, yeah, people aren't going to miss. Yes. It's, it's so true. Oh, let's see. My, let's see my first one. I'm going to start, I actually have them, they're not in an order, but I guess the way I wrote them down, but I'm going to start with Alanis Morissette. Nice. I, this is a little bit different because I got into Alanis after watching her Grammy performance in, I believe it was 96. I don't know if it was 95, but I know her album came out in 95 and she performed with the Grammys and I think she did You Ought to Know. And I remember watching it in the basement and I was like, mom, I need to go to Tower Records right fucking now. I need to get this album. And she was like, what? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I need to go. I need to go get this <laughs> album. Went and bought the CD the next day. Jagged Little Pill. Changed my little life. I was like 13 and I was just like, holy fucking shit. Like, this is, I mean, granted, 13-year-old girls are, like, super angsty. and Impressionable. And super it's impressionable. It's the best time to really love music. It is. It totally is. And she was, she was it, man. Like, that whole album, even this day from start to finish, is the best thing that Alanis Morissette has done. Like, yeah. hands down. And it probably always will be. Her, like, the thing is I have... On most of these, most of the lists I have, like, I do have another artist that's the same way where, like, I was very much into her debut album and I kind of fell off 
after the debut. Alanis had a second album, which is the best title ever, Supposed Former Infatuation Junkie. I just love the title of that Mm -hmm. album. But that album was not one of my faves. Like, I didn't like Thank You that came out, which was a single. And there was another one that came out on that second one. So I was just kind of, I was really excited for it. And it was just way more mellow, I think, than I wanted. And I wonder if that was her choice or if that was kind of a commercial choice. Because she was seen as a very much like, like she was this angry girl. Like that, the first, for that to be really brave for your first single to be, you ought to know. I mean, that's like a really intense song. I don't think a lot of people listen to the lyrics as much when it came out because, yeah, it's a, it's a really tough song to have as a lead single, but it, like I mean, it, it just has so much like anger in it mm-hmm. and like frustration. And that was yeah, that song is kind of a perfect song. And I I agree with you because the lyrics are so personal. But I think everyone is just so into that bass. Yeah, <laughs> the bass in the song just like it really it like it drives it. Um, no, it's so good. It's so good. The whole yeah. album was great. Then Ironic was like one of those songs that was huge, but I didn't mind because I loved it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love that song. So Alana's definitely, she gets she gets it. One of my friends actually just had tickets to see her like this year. Oh, and he wow. was just telling me this morning, he's like, fuck, this Thursday I was supposed to be seeing Alanis. I'm so mad. And like Ticketmaster won't give me my money back. And I'm fucking like fighting with them. And they're, they're saying, like, wait till August 21. And he was like, but I got good seats. And, like, this is bullshit. I was like, you better get on the phone with them and tell them to give you your money back. Because I have no idea if August is going to even be a thing. I mean, yeah. that's that's a lot. Like, sports and all that stuff and concerts. Like, I don't know how they're going to regulate that with what's going on now. So I was like, uh, you should get your money back. I was like, Ticketmaster just sucks. Yeah, <laughs> like, I agree. Yeah, just take all your money. So he was supposed to see her, so... That would have been super cool. But her later stuff, uh, she had a song called Tapes that I really liked a lot. That was on maybe one in like 09 or 10. What album was Hands Clean on? Uh, Hold on. Something with like Rope. Something called like The Rope or something. Because so that song came out when I was like pretty young. Like that is a good song. Under rug like, swept. Yeah, under that's rug that. swept. Yeah, yeah, that's that one. And the, what was that like? Two thousand three. Oh two. Oh two. Okay. Yeah. Um, wow, I was I was so close. Yeah, you're close. Um, I like I'm. That's how I organize music in my mind. Just like bands and like genres is through years. <laughs> oh, that's like, cool. It's like the only way that like my brain can like organize it. <laughs> um, but like it. That song, when that hit, yeah, because I was so young. I was, like, maybe, like, eight or nine. Um, And, like, just growing up hearing her was, like, she – so I would have, you know, I would be getting ready for school, and my mom would have, you know, like, VH1 Jumpstart on. And I would just, like – this was just how I grew up. I would, like, in the mornings before school, I would just go through the music videos, like, it on, you know, MTV, Fuse, VH1 – and uh, Alanis was one of the artists that I would just switch through them like all morning while I was getting ready, listening to music, just waiting for Alanis to come on VH1. <laughs> I just don't know the struggle. The kids today, they don't know <laughs> having YouTube and being able to like put your own list together. They don't and- under, yeah, they don't understand that feeling of like, oh man, when that song finally comes on, yeah. like that is going to make your whole day. Like, I, yeah, there was this one um, 
I forget what song it was. Maybe you would know. It was on Alanis Morissette music video. And it's almost like a fairy tale. And she's got this like long blonde hair in it at some point. Um, Maybe it wasn't blonde. Again, I said my memory is very bad, (laughs) but but I remember like that. I think it was on that album. Maybe it was like a second single or something besides hands clean. And yeah, every time I would just search and search and search and wait until it came on. And um, yeah, Alanis was definitely like a, she was a really good role model to have as a woman artist to look at a very young age. Like she definitely was. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad that she uh she got to be a part of that she's super cool and she was like 18 i think when that first one came out and i think she was like pretty young i was like damn well and hands is like that song is um it's really heavy yeah you washed your hands clean yeah it's basically this older man who and it's i think it's a true story um where it was like her manager or some sort of older you know executive in the music industry she starts this relationship and it happened when she was 14 and I could be wrong we should fact check this I don't want to be spreading anything incorrect but allegedly well uh, yeah allegedly like this happened and and she wrote this song and like damn like when I heard this I was like this is so good like and good for you. Like, that's that's music done well. <laughs> it says, like, it implies a relationship with an older man who was kind of a mentor to her. It's a pretty wide field since Morissette had many physical relationships with older men when she was a teenager. This is according to one album or one website. But I don't know what that means. There's a whole Wikipedia thing on this. But, yeah. Uh, well, oh, yeah, yeah, it says, um, let's see, Hands Clean caused controversy since it reportedly is the singer's recollection of a forbidden sexual relationship she shared with a much older man when she was approximately 14 years of age. This is Wikipedia, so, I mean, who the hell knows? But, I mean, it's possible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think, yeah, the, the song speaks for itself. And, um, yeah, that that's honestly one of my favorites of hers like yeah, it's just so good cool. i yeah. really like her she's super fun something else about alonis i was gonna say i wonder if there's any there was something else i was thinking of also i love her videos her videos for that first album was amazing like the ironic one yeah and i know stefan said nally i think did the ironic one but then the one with uh what is it? You learn where she has like all the different jackets on. Yeah. Popping into different frames. Like that one's really cool. Like they're just next level. And you ought to know it was so lo-fi and amazing. I think she was like in a desert somewhere. And that was just great. I really wish there was um, more resources for like artists today to, to do more of that work. Like, I mean, they're, don't get me wrong. They're still incredible videos coming out today but I feel like there was more of a demand for videos um yeah. when there was you know VH1 and MTV oh um, I know what it was uh side note about MTV is that yesterday they finally decided to like fucking play all their old programming on a Friday so like yesterday they played the 99 and the 2000 VMAs and it was amazing what like, yeah. They had cable. <laughs> yeah, and they played, uh, like, earlier in the day, they had on The Real World, like, the first season of Real World, and they had on, like, Diary. They, like, Pink's Diary. 
And then like they had like uh, you know they're like oh and they had unplugged Nirvana and Pearl Jam on like on regular MTV and they had this thing like Flashback Friday. Everyone on Twitter was like, "What the fuck, MTV? It literally takes you like." 20 goddamn years to like play all these good shows and then literally now from the end of the weekend it's all ridiculousness like the entire weekend they're like you're playing this dumbass clip show when you could be playing like vmas all weekend yeah what's wrong with you like do you want viewers or not like do you just want to give up because if you didn't you would have everyone like from the ages of like 25 to like 45 like plugged into your a lot of fucking people yeah (laughs) especially you're all in like lockdown still yeah so like hello mtv like so tweet mtv and tell them like get their fucking shit together and play all their old shit because no one cares about their new shit yeah (laughs) yeah yeah. I'm, i'm down for some old mtv maybe they should like do something with netflix they should. They should just release. They should have their own streaming. I would pay for MTV's like monthly package if I literally had access to everything. If I had like any weekend rock episode, any unplugged, any ultrasound, like that video. Remember making the video? Well, and, all of that shit. Like, and think about if they did have a pl- if their own streaming platform. Think about what new ideas that could give to artists today. Because yeah. not only would they have an entire um, discography of you know every uh, you know every award show every video every you know anything that they've ever released that you could pay for this would also be a great platform for artists who you know don't have the ability to like get their three you know part music video on Netflix like yeah. you know a Tom York can but um, like, I feel like that could open up so many opportunities to have their own streaming system as opposed to like the, you know, idea, Daisy, stop. Sorry. My dog is like going crazy right now. <laughs> um, oh. just, uh, yeah, just having a platform, um, a new streaming platform that could be super inclusive to musicians today while also giving us, you know, our, just like the past of of music like yeah give us all the music videos from the past 30 years (laughs) yeah I mean how hard is that it's like so crazy I was like oh god I was like MTV get your shit together like people are willing to throw money at you I think they probably need some money so it it would be great but who's your next one because we're already like 30 minutes in man um, so my, my phone died, but I wrote, wrote them down. There's oh, okay. one that I don't know if this is on my list, but I'm going to, I'm going to put her on my list. Um, yeah. the next one that I really wanted to talk about was Fiona Apple. Yeah. She's um, on mine. Was she on your list? Okay. Uh-huh. So we have two conjoining ones. So that's great. We can both talk about her. I, um, I've been listening to her a lot recently since she just put out fetch the bolt cutters. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was really starting to think about how I, um, cause Fiona Apple was always an artist that I, I really, um, respected and held on to. She was very close to my heart, like Tori Amos, like the two of them, you know, like, you know, I was going to make a boob joke. Like Fiona is my left boob. Tori is my right boob. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I never, I never was like. I mean, not that I don't like Tori, but I knew her singles from the radio. But I don't think I've ever. Oh, I think I have little earthquakes. I think, I that's, think it's. That's I think it's because both were so, um, like, piano driven, and so piano. I played piano before I played guitar. I played drums first. That was my first instrument, and then piano was really. Um, 
an instrument that I felt like super connected to. And it was something that I felt more connected to than guitar. Like I got into guitar more as a teenager, um, you know, like in, you know, 16, 17. Um, but piano, you know, since I was 10, like that was like, I, I loved, um, you know, Regina Spector. Regina Spector was really big when I was starting to learn piano. And I just really connected to, um, to Fiona Apple just through her lyrics and her piano work. Um, and like, I remember hearing her songs, you know, as a very young kid in like the backseat of my mom's car. And um, her voice was always just so um, comforting to me because it was so deep. Yeah, and, I love and, yeah, and she she always just has you know a way with words. She ha- she has a way with words that I I really wish I could write in that way. It's it's witty, it's smart, um, and it and it's super emotive. And like yeah, so I was yeah I I really wanted to talk about her because she also you know yeah put out a new record. But um, that pitchfork yeah. gave a ten. Yeah, I was. Decade. That was like surprising, but I'm like I'm happy about it. Mm-hmm. I was surprised that they gave it a ten, and um, yeah, I I listened to it quite a bit. I thought, um, you know, the song "I Want You to Love Me" is like, oh my god, it's a masterpiece. Um, but I, what I really wanted to talk about was um, was title <laughs> because <laughs> title was the one where I just like I was like, okay, she's one of my my top ladies. Um, that that album just like really spoke to me and it showed me that you can be you can be as um upfront with your emotions as you want to be in music and you know you don't have to um you don't have to settle for subduing your emotions i don't even know if people realize how huge that the like women of like the rock genre in the 90s and like late 90s were like it was really something that just came out of nowhere Mm -hmm. like in mainstream ways but it was really so cool that so many people accepted them like it it wasn't like oh yeah they're just this girl with a guitar you know like whatever like it's it was very much like they were just kind of welcomed in and like men liked them too it wasn't just like Mm -hmm. only women liked them like it was really cool yeah, I see I see somewhat of a resemblance like happening now, but it's nowhere on that degree. Like, you know, I see um, you know, we had, you know, like Lucy Dacus and Mitski and Phoebe Bridgers, um, which are all very, you know, big names in the indie community. Um, sorry, my dog is like playing with a a dead toy. I don't know yeah, if you can like, hear it. Yeah, like I hear like any, I hear air. Like any weird sounds you've been hearing that you're like, this is not Lauren or Julia. Like with my dog, so I apologize. Um, but th- that is something where it's like we don't see um, we don't see a dominance of like women that mainstream today that are. Billie Eilish. That's the only one. Yeah, Billie Eilish is the only one I can think of. Does she play um, instruments or does her brother do all of her like arranging and she sings? Yeah, I think that's what it is. And, that, but that's the thing is like, we don't see, you know, we see yeah, people like Lucy Degas, Phoebe Bridgers doing, you know, guitar work, but it's nowhere on the spectrum of Fiona Apple and no. Corey Amos. Um, and like, and I think that's something really special. It was something special in this time. And I hope we like, 
get to see more of that. Um, and, uh, and like something even like way more diverse. <laughs> uh, I was going to say like, there definitely are, I mean, there are definitely people of all colors, but definitely in the nineties, it was like, if you were black, you were probably a hip hop artist. Most likely, unless you were like Tracy Chapman. This is the only yeah. only person I can think of who's like not hip hop or a rapper, like Lil' Kim and like, you know, like or R and B, like like just an R and B singer. Because R and B was huge at that time. It was like Tony Braxton, like TLC was still really big, like the girl groups and obviously like Destiny's Child and all them like came on after. Yeah. But, well and there was also like Erica Badu. Mm-hmm. She's amazing. She's so cool. Listening to her yesterday. She's so cool. I love Erica Badu. Oh, my Fiona Apple, I just have like debut album. I saw the title tour. Uh, oh, no way. Yeah, I was 14. Again, all of my on the list are I'm a pretty angsty teenager. Like, I definitely liked the angry, uh, like women. I, oh my God, I found a really embarrassing Polaroid that I'm definitely not going to share on any type of video, uh, social media platform, but I'll probably text it to you. I found a fucking picture, like a Polaroid of me, like in my goth era. And it's, <laughs> it's, it's crazy. It's like, I have the dog collar, the spike thing. I have my glasses. I have this Marilyn Manson shirt that was like, Lauren, you have to send this to me. <laughs> I, I, I just book. live, I live vicariously through Lauren, everyone. Like, I, I literally tell her, like, stories and fantasies of, like, everything that I love and has to do with music. And she's like, oh, yeah, I was at that show. I I'm also been- way older than Jules, and she's living vicariously um, on the stage. I'm living through her because I want to be the lead singer of a fucking band. So, like, who cares if I've seen Fiona Apple? Like, you could fucking open for her. <laughs> Which would ultimately Lauren, be my, my dream is to just start a band with you. Like, I don't give a fuck if you can't, like, play an instrument. We're going to teach you. We're going to yeah, teach I you today. I think anyone can learn. It's not yeah. enough. And That's you're so not that cool. much older than me. Come on. No, I have... <laughs> I cannot be Jules's mom. I'm not that much older than you. Yeah, <laughs> so, no, we, we, we're like, we're, it's a, like, a, you could be like a sister. Yeah, it's age. like a healthy 10 years. So it's like a generation-ish, like half a generation older. So yeah. you're just born on like the young, like you're just born on like the bottom half of the millennials and I'm just born on like the top half. You know, what's really interesting is I've been thinking about, um, and this like goes into like music culture and stuff, but I, as I uh get older um I have been realizing oh wait I like don't want to stay out of um touch with like the younger generation and so I was like I was kind of like dipping my toes into like Gen Z mm-hmm. uh, just, like the culture what did you discover <laughs> so I discovered um like if you think you're like too cool for TikTok you're wrong um everyone's like super into tiktok um if you like if you say adulting and i, but I don't say that but there's yeah. just like certain things where i'm like yes this is definitely like um not my generation but like i i kind of i really like them i really like gen zers um and I, I'm kind of excited to see what they're going to bring. I reserve uh, judgment until the end of, or 
maybe the middle of November. Because if I see those voting numbers significantly down in the Gen Z uh, population, then I don't give a fuck about them. Because they're really loud and they're very vocal on social media and they're out in the streets protesting. Those motherfuckers better be signing up people to vote. Because I don't care if they're out saying like, this is super important to us. Fucking vote and tell all of your friends to vote too. Because I think I posted it on on uh, Instagram yesterday. Something like four million people are going to turn eighteen before the November election. Wow. These people better be registered now. Like FYI, people, I know it's really early, but like check on your voter registration and keep checking because they take your names off of lists. Like suppression is alive and well. So like they know they're going to lose. Like keep your shit together and like get your friends to vote, make it a party. I don't care. Drive them, do whatever the fuck you got to do. Yeah. There's no joke. Voting, voting, like you, yeah. Making sure that you're registered and voting is so important because one vote against Trump is like a day closer that he's in jail. Yeah, right. (laughs) Um, And that's like the way I look at it. Um, Yeah, yeah, we got to vote. And yeah, but it's very interesting. Yeah. Just thinking about, uh, Gen Zers because uh, I'm I'm curious as to what they think about um, you know like the 90s is technically how I probably looked at the 80s when I was a kid. Oh yeah, the 80s was kind of a mess. <laughs> I loved the 80s as like a very young child. Like I I remember a Cindy Lauper song playing in the car, and I was like telling my mom like I didn't know what the word reverb was. <laughs> at that point but like i heard there's like this you know every 80s song just had huge reverb on the snare (laughs) and i was like mom i like that i like that sound and uh but yeah 80s are born in the wrong generation (laughs) the the 80s were a a wild time i kind of loved i love the 80s i have a soft spot for like the yeah the fashion i was man yeah that was like pretty it was very neon i remember wearing lots of nylon and like polyester (laughs) neon and it was really hot (laughs) like everything about it was hot because it was like chiffon and like just these really like non-breathable fabrics like just very much like crazy like madonna style yeah Um, i was yeah. I was a child of the early 90s, which meant, like, oh. high-waisted leggings were still a thing when you were a kid. There's still and a thing over here. There's still a thing here. But what, what was bad was when you were a kid, like, I was wearing high-waisted clothes. And, you know, in came the 2000s. And uh, I'm wearing fucking high-waisted jeans when bell bot like, you know, low-waist bell-bottoms are a thing, looking like a fucking nerd. Uh, <laughs> Back. she's like lauren low rise is coming back i was like no no it's not over here i'm not wearing low rise anything so yeah i yeah it's stressful i'm like i don't think i can work out that much no, <laughs> no we're in lockdown people are you crazy like yeah, this is the worst time to bring it back <laughs> no way um okay let's see yeah i saw the title tour in 97 that was pretty amazing uh i definitely just remember being like oh my god this girl's so cool like i want to be her i want to be her then in 05 or it was either like 05 or 06 like winter 05 06 me and one of my friends in college drove to boston because the new york show was sold out we went to see her for extraordinary machine Mm -hmm. um in boston and then i caught mono on the way back That's a, that's a great album yeah yeah that was another super great album um yeah i just love I love Shadow Boxer. Oh, Shadow Boxer. Like the criminal video is just iconic. 
still to this day. Sleep to Dream, that like drum and bass intro. That song, Sleep to Dream is like, like, I feel like that was a, a pivotal moment for like me as a musician where I was like, oh my God, this is, this is how I want to write. <laughs> yeah, man, it's, it's so great. And I, her live performance on Jay Leno in 97, I remember watching it on TV. I'll, I'll try to find it on YouTube and put it in like a post or something. It's so great. Like, I think she does criminal. It's such a great live performance. And then who can forget her whole uh, VMA speech where she's like, this world is bullshit. <laughs> like, yeah, well, was there was a live, um, there was live footage of her at a concert where she was talking about panic attacks too. And she's being really funny. And cause I think she was about to like have a panic attack before she went on stage and she's just talking to the audience. And, uh, and that, that was so great to see as a teenager was like seeing, um, you know, a performer who like, just cares about her audience and like wants to talk to them and be a part of it. And like, as a musician, that's always been like my main goal is I, I love interacting, whether that's like talking to an audience member or, um, you know, going in the crowd and just like dancing next to them. Like it's, uh, I, I thought that was like really sweet and endearing. And I also, sorry, I have so much about Fiona Apple. I don't want to take up all this time. (laughs) Um, but yeah, she's uh, she's really great. I'm gonna I'm gonna wait. Let's uh, let's do a next one. Yeah. Okay. Uh, which is is it mine or is it yours? Because we both well, have Fiona Apple. I think I think it's yours. It's mine. Okay. My next one. This is gonna be a short one, not because she's not great, but because I got into her a little bit late. Uh, it's about Liz Fair. I love Liz Fair, and I remember hearing about her when I was young. Uh, she had. Let's see, the album that I really love is Exile in Guyville. That's her debut album that was 93, but I did not like her at that time. I was 10. So I remember hearing about her when I think it's like Polyester Bride was the single that she had. I think it was like either the album after Guyville or like the next one. But then when I was living in LA, I for some reason was like, oh yeah, Liz Fair. Oh yeah, I've heard about that first album. And then I was like, holy shit. Like, yeah, the album is so fucking good. And then there's like, like, demos that. and like there's a whole bunch of like variations of all the songs. But that fucking debut album is just like Jagged Little Pill and title. It's like it's up there with like a debut female artist. It's just incredible. With Liz Fair, um, it, it's really interesting to see how generation like changes things or just with time. Um, cause she was like already huge when I was really young. Like she was already a big name and she, that's when like the industry really made her pop. Mm-hmm. And I remember my dad at like, a very young age, he was, he loved Liz Fair. And I think it's cause, you know, she was like very attractive, very beautiful. Um, but she was also like very talented and, uh, he always like was sad to see that, like they kind of put her into like this poppier realm that's what they did though they did the same thing with jewel yeah yeah jewel went through the same thing and and like when i was older it's interesting that you say that you got into her when you're older because when i was about like 18 um that's when i heard uh is it called just batmobile or fire up the batmobile yeah yeah i know i know what you're talking about and that's i don't know if it was a demo or if it was from like an early album but um that was one song that like I felt like I didn't have to listen to everything that she made. Like that song was enough for me where I was like, damn, 
she's incredible. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, it's the album Girly Sound. It's from 91. That's part of her, like, self-produced, like, like uh, before it was, like, uh, the major label album. It was, mm-hmm. like, she was making her own. It was on that. It, yeah, it's it's so good. Um, and it really related, you know, as a angsty teenage girl, you know, sitting in my bedroom, like, um, yeah, hearing that for the first time was like. Whip Smart is another good album, too. That's the, the one after Guyville in 94. That one cool. was pretty good. It must be the third one that was like the pop one, like the one after that, because that one's on Matador, the one in 94. I don't think it'd be pop. I think it's the next one that they were like, she probably got a bigger label, I guess. Yeah. We were like courting her to like make more money. But yeah, that was my Liz Fair. I was just like that. If you haven't listened to Exile and Guyville, like just, just listen to it. It's great. Like every song is so great. I'll listen to it. I don't think I've listened to it. Oh, fully? So, yeah. So I'm, I'm excited to yeah, do that. Yeah, <laughs> it's really good. And the, some of the songs are pretty short, but they're just like, they're so raw and so good. Like she did her lyrics are great too. She has another kind of witty, like she has a really good, um, uh, really good song. That's like, uh, it talks about like, uh, I think it's like, it's, it's the one where it starts like Johnny, my love, like get out of the business. Uh, I'll find it. All right, move on. What's, what's your next one? Um, so the next one I'm going to, uh, bring up is Janet Weiss um, from the band Quasi, and mm-hmm. she also played drums in um, Sleater Kinney. Um, and I, I know this kind of dives into, um, you know, like more early 2000s, but which like, we'll do an episode on. We'll get like, yeah, we're gonna do a whole yeah. episode, but I, I did want to talk about her because she, she really, I do think, deserves to be on like a leading, you know, women in music, um, only because she had, you know, a good effect on me. Um, cause I, I'm also, you know, I'm just a, a drummer at heart. That's like my first and foremost favorite instrument, um, that I've, you know, ever gotten to play. And, um, you know, I feel like being a woman drummer is really hard. It's, I feel like it's hard to get the, like, sense of appreciation. Um, and, and I'll get into that more into, um, the next podcast. Cause I, I really do want to, you know, discuss like the early two thousands, like Meg white, um, yeah, um, and, but yeah, I just have a lot of respect for her. I don't have much to say, um, other than like, you know, I grew up, you know, Slater Kinney fan and yeah, like, love like, quasi later on. My, my I don't know quasi. I'm, that's something I'm going to write down. So yeah. Quasi, um, is a really incredible band. They, um, they toured with, um, acts like Elliot Smith. They were his live band for a while. Oh, cool. Um, and yeah, Elliot Smith is very big in our household. <laughs> oh, is it? Yeah, Jonah is a huge Elliot Smith fan and oh, he, wow. he got me into Elliot Smith and um and yeah, and so Quasi was just a you know, a band that kind of goes into that um into that whole genre. But uh yeah, I just feel like as a as a drummer, I really wanted to bring her um, cool. into the list. Yeah, because I, I feel like she uh she really held the weight on a lot of um, projects that she was a part of and is a part of. And she also just, uh, um, when, you know, she 
uh, quits later. Kenny, like a week later, she got into a car accident what? and like couldn't play drums. And, you know, they're doing a GoFundMe so she could um, afford some, uh, I don't know if it was like a surgery or operation, just, you know, just help. Cause wow. um, yeah, it was, it was crazy. And uh, yeah. And I just, I think she's really cool. I, I don't know much about her. I think that's kind of a beautiful thing. Like not knowing a lot about, um, you know, the musicians you love. It's true. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she's, she's an overall badass. <laughs> oh, awesome. Yeah. Got someone to okay, what's that next on yours. My next one is the queen of all queens of Orange oh. County. Not who you're going to say. Oh. Fucking Gwen Stefani, man. Gwen! I was going to... I, I was having a whole hard time deciding whether or not, like... I was, like, talking to my mom about it. And she's like, what are you going to pick for your 90s uh, women artists? And I was like, I don't know. I was like, I guess I'm going to do five. And then she saw it, and she was like, no Courtney Love? I'm surprised you don't have Courtney Love on there. And I was like, why? And, she, and then she's like, well... No, I know you didn't like Courtney. You liked Gwen Stefani. And I was like, really? She's like, yeah, you used to talk about her all the time. I was like, really? She's like, yeah, you bought those pants, like the bondage pants. She's like, you like, you probably didn't realize it, but like a lot of stuff that you did was like, because Gwen Stefani did it. And I was like, that's because when I was like 14 and 15, I wanted to live in California more than anything in the world. And then when No Doubt came out, I was like, oh my God, she's in a band. She's the only girl. She dresses dope. She's from California. Like, how could this get any better? Like, she's just yeah. so fucking cool. Her fashion was like, out of this world she was so yeah she was was the best dressed anywhere she went everywhere she had don't speak was about like her and tony's relationship everyone was like who's this band then you come to find out they have like three albums before tragic kingdom and they're like you're like what they've been around since forever they were like crazy ska like super anaheim ska roots very like reggae like just beacon street is yeah. like one of the best records i own <laughs> box like i mean they've got a really great archive like if you like no Ooh, doubt go back oh. like go back to the beginning it's great i i am really glad that you put her on your list because um i i for some reason didn't put her on my list only because i think um I'm like still kind of mourning the old lady. Yeah, can you hear her? I'm so sorry. I'm trying to take it away from her. It's really funny. It's really cute. And uh, just a little puppy running around with a sweet toy. Anyways, I'm so glad you put her on there. Yeah, um, I didn't want to. I knew you were going to be like, yeah, now. I was like, well, I don't want to talk about her now. We're talking about her in the 90s. What's funny is like, so when I did like, I think it was like my second ever. A news article like online <laughs> um I talked about Gwen Stefani because I was like I wanted to be her when I was like 10 years old yeah. and like even beyond that like I remember going to see her live like in like 10th grade when like no doubt was still touring yeah and, um like I remember in fifth grade that was like one of it was like Blink-182 and no doubt were touring together oh and uh I remember like I got this brown uh no doubt shirt and it like had just like live shots of all of them. This is like they've already hit superstardom, like they're a big ass yeah, band. Like, massive. Yeah, they're selling out, you know, pavilions. But um Gwen Stefani was like 
she was just the coolest person on earth. And I wore that shirt every fucking day for like three months. <laughs> I love, love. I, I loved, I loved that shirt. I loved like being a proud, no doubt fan. And like, yeah, I remember ninth grade, um, they, uh, were doing this big tour. I think like, I think Paramore was opening. So that kind of shows wow. the date of things. But for me, I was so die hard into their early albums. Like really anything after like, I mean, rock study was like way later. Um, but anything before rock study, rock study was like when I was a, a very young kid, like that's when that came out. But like Be- Beacon Street was everything to me. Yeah, <laughs> I loved Beacon Street and I loved their punk side. And I really um, owe it to No Doubt and Gwen Stefani in particular to like even getting me into punk music. Um, because when I like listened to her, I listened to, um, what was that? I saw a red song, which was with what? 311. Oh, and then I was, no, um, they did, they did a song together. Gwen Stefani. Oh, oh, and it was Nick Haxum. Yeah, I think so. Maybe that's, I don't know who it is, but I, I think it was just the, um, Google. like I loved their early punk sound and I was like, okay, I really like this. So then I like, went to the like borders and got like a minor threat totally different but i was like i can get behind this (laughs) and uh yeah no doubt i don't want to talk about it too much because i'm just like fangirling now that's so wait i have no idea that the beacon street collection was actually produced in nick hexham's garage nick hexham is the lead singer of 311 wow holy that makes so much sense yeah he was a mixing assistant on that yeah. street album that's fucking cool uh yeah, and like yeah. tragic kingdom is like still a, a perfect album yeah um i i remember like when i had just like gotten my laptop and i really wanted to decorate my room cool we we rented so like we couldn't paint the walls and um so i just put posters everywhere and there was this tragic kingdom poster that i was just like waiting and waiting to buy but it never went back on sale it's pretty tragic oh and to add to to jules's uh to jules's like oh fuck i saw the tragic kingdom tour (laughs) (laughs) and um butch played that's when she met gavin rossdale it was like a double it was like bush and and their dad it was it was fucking sick and i know a lot of people have problems with bush they're like a nirvana fucking ripoff although i don't think so i have a whole i have a whole like rant about people having like issues with like post grunge bands like how they tried to pin like uh they tried to put like creed in the same genre as like bush and like stone Temple pilots and i was like hold the motherfucking phone you are not gonna put creed in the same (laughs) stone temple pilots like don't that is the biggest insult i've ever heard yeah creed creed is an ongoing joke and nickelback Garbage. Yeah. Garbage. Reed and Nickelback, complete garbage. <laughs> like, no. Like, how are you going to even... Like, Scott Weiland is so fucking amazing. I love Scott Weiland. I will die on this hill forever. I think he is probably one of the top three rock frontmans of all time. I think he's amazing. I definitely think Axel's another one who's fucking amazing. Uh, granted for all of his problematic behavior, but he actually now is against... Uh, our current president. So like, Hey Axel, welcome to the fucking resistance. Hey, he's doing better than Chris right now. 
I don't know who that is. Uh, there was <laughs> never a bassist in Nirvana, as far as I'm concerned. They were rotating. People came in and out. They just happened to look the same. But uh, <laughs> yeah, everyone's entitled to their own opinions. It's not going to stop me listening to the music. I'm sorry, people. It's just not. So, you know, it's part of part of your history, you know? But yeah, yeah. that's all I have to say about uh, oh, uh, Gwen Stefani's first solo album. Fucking choice, too. Uh, yeah. Lamb, Lamb. So good. Love Angel Music, baby. I was actually listening to that a couple weeks ago. I love the song Cool. Yeah, dude, she has a song called Bubble Pop Electric. Oh, yeah, yeah. The and that's videos. a banger. It's the video, so too, no doubt. I mean, like, can't talk about no doubt without talking about the insane videos that they oh, do. The, the videos, that and that was, like, peak uh, MTV VH1, yeah. like, doing for me. Jonathan um, Dayton and Valerie Ferris did so many awesome videos. They did a lot of the Pumpkins videos, like Tonight Tonight. They did, I believe they did 1979. They also did, I think they did a lot of the No Doubt ones off of Tragic Kingdom and off of Return of Saturn. Like they're like some of the best video directors. That's so cool. They're really cool. I think they're husband and wife, I think. I'm pretty sure. Hell yeah. And Sophie Mueller. Sophie Mueller did a lot of the No Doubt ones, I remember too. But yeah, it's really cool. What's your next oh, yeah. one? I think your next one is our, is that our joint one? Um, no, I have, I have one more. Okay, I, I think it's one? because, I think it's because I forgot the other one and I did Fiona, which was one that we both That's had. Right, yeah, yeah. So, um, mine is a queen Uh-oh. of pain. She, uh, I feel like she needs a very dramatic introduction because that's what she is and that's why I love her. Her problematic, controversial ways is what strives me to want to embrace this woman. Her name is Courtney Love. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and I have waited to bring her up because she is such a problematic queen. She is um, though. She definitely is a problematic queen. And there's something about the 90s authenticity of her being a problematic queen that I will never be able to stop loving. That's true. Um, I, I think um, I like to believe that who she is now is different than who she was in the 90s. As, as um, everyone does. I as mean, everyone yeah. really hopes. Like, but Courtney Love is my, like, she's my... Uh, fantasy you know uh like rock mom (laughs) okay Um, hot hot take okay do you think this is a a vast rumor in the alternative world Uh, i don't know if it's really been proven do you think that kurt cobain wrote a lot of the songs on live through this yes absolutely um because i i think she knew exactly what she was doing she i think um yeah i my my Feelings about Courtney are very love and hate. And I think that's the the reason why I love her so much is because I have so many, um, so many thoughts on it. I totally think that he wrote a lot of those songs. Um, I I mean, she's married. Yeah. Yeah. It is something where it's like they, you, they were inseparable. So of course art and, you know, music is going to coincide. Um, I think Oregon wrote a lot of celebrity skin too. So but yeah, but I do feel like um, my yeah my opinion on it would be like if he wrote those, I really wish she would have um, just given the proper dues and the what proper credit. What if he didn't want it though? What if he was like, I'll write it, but I don't want to be on it? 
Mm, that's true. I, I wonder. I don't know. We don't know. That's why a lot of my my feelings with Courtney when like sometimes when I post stuff on Fashion Grunge and I'm like, oh, Courtney, people are like, she's a murderer. I'm like, okay, first of all, nobody fucking knows anything, people. Like, we're not there. We weren't yeah. in their relationship. And there's a lot about the relationship that I frankly don't need to know. It's between them. Like, they're married. Yeah. You know, like, they have a child. They still have a child. You know, it's like, it's, and it must be horrible for her to go through like like even when she says in montage of heck which we'll definitely do an episode uh, on the oh documentary my God, we have to. um but like like how she says like she's like living with this ghost like all these people come out of the woodwork all the time saying they knew him they met him they had this conversation blah 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 and she's just like oh my god i'm like living literally for almost like 30 years almost now it's like 25 26 like with this ghost of this man that all these people like love so much i mean they're not even like that with lennon i mean people like lennon yeah but like people don't hurt hurt was like way more important than lennon in my book <laughs> yeah recently i guess maybe in like the 80s or 70s like he also was older too when he died not that yeah. his death was any less tragic but but yeah he had been solo like he'd broken from the beatles and he was like his own man with yoko so that was like a totally like kurt never got that he was like just in nirvana and like that's it Mm-hmm. like we didn't get much music from him really not when you think of it but yeah, but yeah. And, and I think I think one interesting thing about Courtney is like she's not perfect no and we live we live in this like society now where it's um you know like if you're not if you're not perfect or if you're like you know living you know a lifestyle that maybe like people don't like agree with like um you know she's just kind of like tough shit like this is who I am and she really does not give a shit and I I feel like I learned a lot of um like positive uh apathy from her and when I say apathy just yeah like not caring about other people because like here's this woman who like was being banished like literally the like media was trying to get rid of her baby yeah like terrifying and like I know her I know her and her daughter, like, Bean don't have, like, the, you know, best relationship or whatever, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Like, they might be really, you know, close, but it's just, yeah, this media, and I feel like, um, you know, the closest we've gotten to to someone who's been um, that focused in the media is Kim Kardashian. Oh, God. I I feel like... um, like I'm not saying they're like the same, yeah. but just like media wise, like everyone's in their life. Um, and I, I just really applaud Courtney for like hanging in there. And yeah. she, she's been like pretty good on, um, you know, like social media and she seems like she has really a good heart. Like I, I really don't think she, I, I know this is the question as, you know, every Nirvana fan likes to fight over. Um, I've actually, I almost like got into a, a really difficult fight with a bandmate. Like, really? yeah, it was someone, someone who wasn't in the band for a very long time, but it doesn't matter for how long or how short, like every band member is important. And, uh, this was like maybe about six, six months before he, he left the band. Um, he was really upset. We were on tour in New York and I was like, I don't think Courtney killed Kurt. 
and he like we were in the station and he walked away from me and uh, yeah it was like it was heated because I don't believe Courtney killed him I I think she definitely you know you know relationships I've seen some really nasty relationships go down before like things things were bad they're both doing heroin like there's so many factors like I really don't think she would have killed someone that she obviously really loved and it's also kind of an interesting you know uh observation on like how we handle like mental health in the industry like no none of those people were looking after them no Um, and you know I think I think it was just sadly um you know Kurt's tragic demise was just sadly like the industry got him just like they got Amy Winehouse yeah also the comparison between not comparison but like the analogy between Courtney and Kim which is really uh not funny but like I feel like they both are in the or like were in the media spotlight at their like particular times Mm -hmm. but the thing that's so that's I think that I love more about Courtney obviously I don't like Kim Kardashian at all but the one thing that I do love about Courtney is that like she was able to be incredibly like thick skin because they did not go easy on her. Like they literally attacked her and Kim Kardashian has worked the system. Like she has yeah, manipulated media in order for her to look great. For God's sake, she got famous from a sex tape and that did not kill her career. It started it. And yeah. that had happened to Courtney Love in like 92 or 93, or even like what happened with Pam and Tommy. Granted that wasn't that weird because they were married, but like, this the sex tape the whole kind of like shaming of like you know like women in general like court didn't do anything like vanity fair is coming out people are like trying to take your kids away like what you can't manipulate the media then because it was just everywhere and really unpredictable and they just seemed like they all agreed to like take her down they were all like courtney's Mm -hmm. a druggie she was doing drugs when she was pregnant blah 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 like we're just gonna make up all this crazy shit to like take her down but Kim essentially and her mom. I mean, let's be real. Like Chris Jenner is like running that train. Yeah, she is she's like monitor. Yeah, she's like manipulated the media to like make the story whatever she wants it to be. And like that's that's amazing. Like that's something that you learn through time. Obviously, Courtney didn't have that, and she was still able to be like, look. I had a husband who died. I didn't fucking kill him. Yeah, I'm coming out with this album. Like, what am I supposed to do? Like, you want me to just go away like is that what you want you want me to just pack up and just say yeah you know like I'm not talented my husband did it all and I'm just going like no I'm not gonna do that so I, I applaud her for that you know like she lived her life in the public almost like Lindsay Lohan you know she had her yeah. struggles with drugs and alcohol like mm-hmm. it's all everywhere she can't control it you know people are gonna follow her thinking she's this train wreck but she's still around you know I think I think what's really interesting with like with the um, and this is like kind of why I wanted to leave Courtney at the end was, um, or closer to the end, um, is I, I feel like Courtney is kind of a, a strong person to look up to today with just how we deal with, um, publicity. Yeah. Um, and one thing that I've, I've noticed recently is, um, we we're kind of coming into an age right now where, we all, we all just really want to do our best and, you know, make a good impact on the world. But people with Twitter, um, everyone can be a critic now. Twitter like everyone, is a hellscape. Yeah. If I, I've honestly thought about deleting my Twitter and being like, you know, fuck it. I know I do music. I don't need this platform anymore because it's, 
there are people who, um, you know, adhere to positive change, but are just bullying people, whether it's a celebrity or just someone they don't know, like it's, it's a very toxic place. And it's, um, it's kind of interesting, because at least, you know, if you were, um, you know, doing music in the 90s, uh, at least you were able to have a little bit of autonomy. But now with social media, um, they, the bullies can be in your home. Yeah. <laughs> um, scary. And, and I, yeah, it's very scary. And I, yeah, I just really applaud just her, her mindset all the time. Like she's always just, you know, kicking it one day at a time and, um, not to reference like NA, <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think, I think she's just, um, I think she's strong as fuck and yeah, it really has less to do about the music and more about the attitude. Yeah, I, her. I mean, her music's dope. Like live through this great album. Yeah. Um, even celebrity skin, which Billy Corgan helped write a lot of that. Billy Corgan's an amazing songwriter too. So like, I mean, that was good. Uh, I think what this world was just like, yeah, so that song so fucking good. And what was the one like, is it nobody's daughter or American sweetheart? It was the one that had mono. Oh, she's fuck, like, I, I flashed the tires. I bled his brakes. It's like, that's in the song. It's like, in like, so yeah, it's really good. Um, yeah, but she's still, she's still doing shit. I don't know when her last album came out. Let's see. What is she up to now? And I like that she just doesn't take herself too seriously. You can't. <laughs> like, yeah, I I love that she doesn't take herself seriously. Um, like, good for her. <laughs> yeah, when does she... Do you think she'd ever get married again? No, I don't think right? she'd get married again. I can't wait for her book. I heard she's been writing a a uh, memoir for quite a while like no way yeah. I'll, I'll read that i totally I'll, will read absolutely that read it that was like one of the most exciting parts about getting into the girl in a band book was like i wanted to hear about courtney love i'm i'm just really like fascinated by her and i think mm-hmm. it's because she is such a strong personality but i say um i say we're a little over an hour into it should we oh yeah uh, let's, let's announce our last <laughs> let's end strong yeah, let's end super strong uh, the last woman that is on our list who literally could encompass the entire 90s in the palm of her pinky finger is Bjork. Bjork, because the she's princess of Iceland. Amazing. Uh, she should just run the whole world. I feel like she should just run for president of the world because she just... Hot take. She, if, yeah. She's not even from here. She's not from this planet. Like, I refuse to believe that. She's, Bjork, to me, is so special she's like a david bowie she in my is. eyes yeah she is she every this is like and i'm everyone knows i'm a super fan um everyone can like listen to denmate and be like oh yeah she probably listens to bjork yeah. <laughs> um but like i think that's a really good thing i i think she just encompasses everything positive and healing for women and women identifying people and like non-binary people like she is just she just encompasses this beautiful universe of like opportunity and growth yeah which is like hot take yeah (laughs) i have so many strong feelings on bjork (laughs) i love her she's so cool 
Yeah. What's your favorite record by her? Uh, the other day I was thinking about, what was it? I think I asked or maybe Jai asked. We were, we were ta- in the group text. We were like, if you could have three albums like on an island, mm-hmm. like which albums would they be? Like if these are the only three albums you could have forever. And Homogenic was the one I would pick. Yeah, I would, I would pick that one too. So that, yeah, I would think it would, I think it's definitely homogenic. That one's just, ugh, it's just so good. They're all so good though. I also like Medulla, uh, just because that one is all uh, with vocal percussion and not instruments, yeah. which I think is just, it's incredible. Like it's incredible. And I also love, I mean, got ev- everything. Like I saw the Met exhibit when it was uh, Biophilia. Oh my god! And so jealous. It was, it was so crazy because that got written up. My friend worked at the um, the MoMA, and she was like, "Oh, you want to see the?" I was like going to visit her in New York. She's like, "Oh, I, I'm working, but I can get you tickets to see the Bjork exhibit because I know you like her a lot, and like you know, it, it's really hard to get tickets." And I was like, "What? Fuck yeah!" So then I went, and it it was incredible. It was like they had Black Lake, like the video playing in the soundproof room that was like had two different screens on either side and only like 10 people could be in it it was all black and then both sides were like mirrored versions of the video and it was wow. playing like all around you like at, there were like speakers in the top but you just couldn't see them and they were at the floor everywhere so this whole video of her like in the like volcanic rock and like come it, it was insane and then they had another room that just had huge bean bags that were playing all of her videos in chronological order on a loop People oh, in there for like four hours and just watch everything on a loop, like all throughout the entire her entire career. And I was like, this should be like in Iceland all the time. Like she should her, have a museum. Where you yeah, can there should be a Bjork museum because her art is just like her music. Her whole entire life and career is just art. Yeah, her costumes were in there. Like they had all like they had the jacket from the post cover. Wow. It was so cool. And the thing is, is that it was written up, I guess, in the Times or like whatever they wherever they wrote it up, that my friend was like, yeah, and a lot of people didn't like the um, the exhibit. And she's like, and it's really crazy. She's like, I should have totally gotten you to do it because you could tell these people weren't fans. Like they didn't get it. And everyone who's come in who knows her has been like, this is amazing. And all these weird, I think she was friends with someone at the museum. So they were like, yeah, you can do whatever you want. Like they didn't commission her. I think mm-hmm. she probably was like, hey, I want to do something. Let's put all my stuff together. And they're like, okay, cool. You can do what you want. So a lot of people were kind of like, what, what is this? Like, we didn't ask for this kind of thing. And I was just like, but everyone who knew her knows like, no, this is amazing. Like, you just don't get it. <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. she's- and that's like, that's one of the hardest parts of being a Bjork super fan is like, some people just don't get it. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. But I've always been curious, like, what is it that, like, makes... Because I feel like every person who likes Bjork, they, like, there's something that just clicks. They get it. Mm-hmm. They get this, like, this... Uh, I it's I don't even know how to describe it right now, but I'll come, I'll come back to it. But going back to um, the beginning of the podcast where I was talking about self-sufficiency, oh, she yeah. sings about that a lot in her music. And I found like as a young adult, like, you know, living on my own for the first time and, you know, like, you know, just learning what it was like to be on my own. Um, Bjork was like such a catalyst and like, you know, almost like teaching me the ways (laughs) of like how to, how to navigate. And, um, you know, I've, there was like a point in time where I was like, 
oh, friend, you know, watch this video, watch this Bjork video, watch this Bjork video. Cause I was just like, it was almost like an overflow of just like art that I really dug. Um, I, and like one of my friends was like, I understand that she's like really good, but like, I just don't get it. Like, it's just not for me. And I was like, that was a realization of, uh, for me when I was like, oh yeah, like not everyone's going to like the same art and music as me. Yeah. Like that's <laughs> totally different world that she lives in. Yeah. It totally is a different world. And I, I remember the first time I was ever introduced to her, like I, when I was a kid, I would see like things about, you know, the swan dress and I would see mm-hmm. her in like magazines occasionally, but never really had listened to her. Beating up the uh, paparazzi. Like, <laughs> yeah. 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 Her beating up the paparazzi. That's how, I, that's how I knew of her. Like I did not know anything about her. And then when I was in 10th grade, um, I was taking a creative writing class and my teacher um, put um, Hidden Place, the music video for Hidden Place. Oh, on. cool. And uh, that music video was like my introduction to just like falling in love with um, just film and being able to use videos for, you know, creative expression. Yeah. Um, and just like really loving to like find more like that. And, and that was like, I think just a real reason why I became such a super fan was just like, her vision was just so self-sufficient. Yeah. (laughs) She she knew exactly what she wanted. Yeah. And she always has like great, amazing artists that she works with. Like she always gets them to do like a whole, like the whole album, there'll be the whole concept and visuals around the album that the same person and team will be working on. So it's all like every album is like a different world. It's like, it's creates like this whole world around each album. And also another hot take to let you know that the Grammys are complete shit. She has been nominated and never fucking won. So the Grammys mean literally nothing because the fact that she's not won a Grammy and she's been nominated 15 times is disgusting. Like who the fuck's who's running this? Like who, how does she literally not win anything and she's been nominated so many times throughout almost every album she's been nominated for like who's out winning her like i i mean i just don't understand it's literally like flash in the pan like yeah like the, Billie the, eilish chain smokers type oh, of bullshit like don't get me started I, I literally can't i have a really weird connection with not weird but the first time i ever heard of bjork and I guess I don't, I have a friend who's Icelandic and when he says her name, it's like totally not how we say it. It's probably. like beer. Yeah. Yeah. It's like totally different. So I know that it's just not pronounced correctly, but um, I first saw the 1996 VMAs and that changed everything for me because her It's So Quiet video was nominated for like either direction or like something like that. And uh, if you haven't seen the old MTV VMAs, it is a sight to see because every celebrity's there. Everyone's so chill. The videos are being recognized and the videos are just so incredible. Like that's just what people did. So I remember seeing the clip of that video and I was like, who is that? And then I was like, oh, I've seen that album cover in the stores. What is that? And then I was like, oh, cool, you know, whatever. But I don't think I got it then. I don't think I bought the album. But then when I was in high school, there was this guy in my class who I still like 
you know, I think I follow him on Facebook or whatever. He's an amazing artist. He was obsessed with Bjork, like obsessed. And he was always like drawing like versions of the post cover. Mm-hmm. And I was always like, what are you doing? And he, I was like, oh yeah, that's that girl. I always see her on the record store. And he's like, oh my God, she's amazing. He was into Bjork and he was into Radiohead. Like those are the two bands he was like crazy into. They kind of coincide. <laughs> yeah. And, and also now thinking um, back, he like had the most amazing music taste. And my music taste was definitely like questionable, like in like the late nineties. Uh, but he like, it definitely wasn't like as great. I'm not as cool as like, I guess everyone thinks I am. I definitely got into stuff a little bit later. He was into like pavement. And into like, like he was into like cool. Sunny Day real estate. Like he was like the real like music guru. Um, yeah. He really knew a lot of really good shit. And he was really into Bjork. And he was like definitely alternative, like definitely like not this like average kid. And I was like, holy shit. And then I think from the post era, that was like my first memory of like visually seeing that cover and seeing her. And then after that, I got homogenic which was like the next one. And then I like went back and then listened to her stuff. And then after that, uh, the first time I left the country was in 2004. And the first country that I went to was Iceland, which was amazing. And I was like, oh my God, Bjork's from here. And I remember very distinctly, I was like, oh, I'm going to listen to her when I'm in Iceland. This is going to be so cool. And so I remember getting off of the airplane and like taking this bus is the, the uh, Keflavik airport's like far out of Reykjavik. Mm-hmm. So then I'm taking this bus and there's like, it looks like Mars, the trip from the airport into town. It's like all this volcanic rock. It's dark. There's moss growing. There's like orange, weird sand. It literally looks like you're in another country or another planet. It's amazing. And I was listening to homogenic and I was like, this is like, you got to go there and listen to her. It just like, you're like, yes, yes, yes. This this is her. I, I totally get it now. It's almost the same way you listen to like Sublime and No Doubt when you're in Orange County. You're like, yes, this this is the soundtrack to this location. And I can see it now. Like I can see her videos. I can see where she's getting this because this place is like nowhere I've ever seen before. And after that, I just I went to her uh, like the record store. I don't know how to say the name. It's like a really long store. It's like a record store where her like label is based in Iceland and I was like oh my god I have to make this pilgrimage to like go and then I ended up meeting a friend who I'm still friends with now he's an incredible musician and he's friends with her son Sindri and he's like yeah obviously it's like a really small country so like (laughs) and then he recorded one of his band's albums in the place they did I think Medulla and he oh was like, God. and he was like, it was so cool. Like, but he's like, I've seen her before. I've been to their house. Like, he's like, I've seen her buying a fridge. Like, it's like, it's like not weird at all. He's like, cause she's, you know, everybody knows her here. And I was like, oh my God, yeah. that's so amazing. So yeah, I, I love her. I just love her. We should take a trip to Iceland. We should go to Airwaves. Cause I'm, I'm literally like, yeah, as you were saying all of this, I was like, okay, Lauren and I are taking a trip. <laughs> Like, we're going to make this happen as soon as, like, the virus calms down. As soon as they let us. Apparently, the EU is like, we're not letting Americans in because you guys can't handle the virus. Yeah, dude. I, I fucking agree with that. I know. It's like, <laughs> damn. We're, like, now we're, like, the outcasts. It's about yeah. time. I'm high <laughs> yeah, for so long. Like, it's like, it's too late. Yeah, they're like, oh, well, yeah, we can't put our people in jeopardy. You guys got to stay over there. Do you figure out what the fuck's going on? Yeah. Man. Yeah, one day we'll we'll make that pilgrimage. Yeah, um, we will. Yeah, it's, not that, it's not that expensive either. The flights yeah. are cheap. We're not far. We're right here. It's just a hop, skip over the ocean. It's not that bad. Yeah, 
Yeah, I, I've, I really want to go. Be, yeah, I, I really want to like experience the nature that she sings about. Mm-hmm. That's like one thing that I love about her is like how um, she's so into like the science and uh, like, what was I about to say? Like, I feel like Crystalline is a great mm-hmm. song that like just shows just like her love of like the world and nature. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I feel like I want to experience that in her homeland. Yeah. Cause like everything's just so green there. I feel like yeah. it, I remember when I went to England for the first time, that was like the thing that I uh, realized immediately. I was like, wow, everything is way more green here. Like everything just is. It's lush. So lush. Yeah. yeah. It's like Washington and, state. Where they get all that rain? We don't get all that rain, so we get like brown grass half the time. <laughs> and then yeah, it's like, and then it's like green for a while, and then yeah, we don't have a great track record, I guess. And the desert <laughs> in California is very weird too. Like she's, it would be good, it'd be a good place to like listen to her music out in like Joshua Tree and like way out yeah. there. She's like that has a weird vibe too. Like just being out in the desert has a super weird vibe, but. Yeah, you the should travel, man. Like, let us fucking God. This virus needs to go. <laughs> it needs. To I know. Go. Like, it's it's scary thinking about like a second wave second. coming. We're in the first. <laughs> yeah. still. We are we still in our first? I think. Yeah, I guess yeah, we're I think so. our first. We never. Everyone really else. had a lull. We haven't had like a flat, and then all of a sudden we're back up. We've kind of like been a plateau like it hasn't gone sharply down and then now we're like spiking again yeah anyone listening is it australia new zealand or new zealand has zero cases because everyone wore their mask like just wear a mask you're not gonna look silly people are gonna respect you if you're not wearing a mask people are like i know you shouldn't think care about what other people think but people care yeah (laughs) and like People want you to wear a mask, so wear a mask. And it's to save yourself and your whole family. Like it has, and it's to save other people. Like, how selfish are you that you just don't care about, you know, possibly giving some infection to somebody when you all you have to do is wear a mask? I mean, yeah, like it, I don't get it. It's really crazy. We have over like 122,000 deaths. Yeah, like that, I think it's 125. It's 125 now. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. And now a lot of them are young people who dumbass, they think that they can go out to fucking bars and they'll be fine. And now they're like, oh, wait, a lot of people coming in are young because they're just not, you know, they think that they don't have. I saw something on TV the other day where they're interviewing a lot of young people who are like, who cares? It has nothing to do with me. I was like, wow, we're fucked. (laughs) Yeah, for real. They just were like, whatever, we don't care. I was like, okay, well, you know. Okay, like I don't want to be in a hospital and I don't want my family to be in a hospital and you can't even see them. And, you know, it's like, it's crazy. And who knows what could happen to you in the long run? You could get it and then get over it. And then they find out later that some even more crazy thing happens to you. Yeah, no. I mean, there's like, there's, you know, people our age who are, you know, having like permanent lungs. Yeah, and like strokes. Yeah. No history of, of like anything like that. It's like, why would you want to play with that? Yeah, I don't want to. Scary shit. Yeah, it's scary, but you listen to music, man. I think what we're gonna do is, why don't you make a list on Spotify, a playlist, like a public one, and I'll make one, and then I can put it in the post for like our favorite songs from the people that we talked about today. Excellent. Yeah, I'm so down. I'm so glad we got to do this episode. Yeah, looking forward to this one. I 
I could just fangirl about all of these talented musicians all day, all night, all day. <laughs> we'll have to get to the we'll have to get to like the men at some point. But I was like, we have to acknowledge some women, the ladies first. Yeah, ladies. First. Obviously, there's so many men all over the place. <laughs> we'll also do um, one on you know the indie boom. Yeah, um, we got to do the indie boom. Yeah, indie for boom sure. is. Yeah, that's that's an important one. Okay, well, awesome. thank you so much for having yeah, me. Yeah, it was so fun. Uh, we will see you on the next one. Bye. Bye. Bye.